Hello, this is Jake Wolf. And this is Sam Elkins, and you're listening to the Film, Video Game, and Other Entertainment Podcast, where you can escape from Ezra Miller, because apparently they're still at large and unable to be located. On this episode of Digital Forest Podcast, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Ezra Miller situation. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about Black Adam, the Summer Games Fest that just kicked off. Spider-Man No Way Home yet again, and Top Gun Maverick, the movie that surprised at least me. I don't know about Sam. (laughs) Welcome to The Digital Forest. So Ezra Miller, whether we like it or not, is back. Yeah. Back on their bullshit. <laughs> Which I guess it's hard to say they're back on their bullshit because this is what they've been doing for years. Yeah, apparently. Jeez. I it it's it's just one shocking thing after the other, and then it's like, I guess after a certain point, how much is, of it is, is shocking anymore? <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. So for new listeners to the podcast, we've covered Ezra Miller and their reign of terror in the past. Um, just as a little recap, they <laughs> were arrested several times in Hawaii. Uh, on one occasion for breaking into their host's bedroom. Uh, stealing their driver's licenses, and then when confronted, telling them that he was that they were going to uh, kill and bury the man's whore wife. Whew. Um, they also threw a chair yeah. at a karaoke singer at a bar because mm. they didn't like the song. Mm-hmm. Um, they were taking pictures of people at gas stations. Am I missing anything? What else is? Oh man, done? it's. Hard to say. That sounds about right, but yeah, basically, you know, reign of terror is is a good is a good way to describe it. And uh, and years ago, didn't they punch a fan or something? Yeah, there a video they, of that. They like choked a fan out or something. There's like a video of yeah, it. That's yeah, true. And like shoved him on the ground. But uh, yeah, crazy, <laughs> crazy stuff. That's fine. It was probably misunderstood. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm sure it was you know reasonable reaction to the situation. Uh, as were all but these now other... Ezra, yeah, but now Ezra Miller has joined the cast of characters, usually filled by pop punk bands I used to listen to in high school, um, with grooming minors. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, so so let's get into this a little bit. Yeah. Let's get into this. I, I've heard a because... little bit. I haven't... I, it's ho- it's so hard to like figure out what the fuck's going keep, on. Keep track of what's going right. on. Right. So yeah. So it's also developing pretty rapidly. So it can be a little difficult to really kind of understand. I had to go through several articles to really get a full mm. picture of what was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the story. Here's here's the skinny. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. There is currently a lawsuit being sought. By the parents of an 18-year-old person 
from North Dakota for a protective order against Ezra Miller. And uh, it's not for any chairs. It's not for any choking out that we know of. Um, I don't think Ezra took their driver's license. Although it's hard to say. Hard to say. Um, but they're accusing him or accusing them of physically and emotionally abusing and grooming mm. the teen. Also, I would like to note that if I accidentally refer to Ezra Miller as him or he, it is a big mistake. The articles that I am using as sources do misgender Ezra Miller. Um, mm. And so when reading, that's not me. I apologize. <laughs> um, Ezra Miller is non-binary and uses they, them pronouns. And the child at issue in this case is also non-binary and uses they, them pronouns. Um, so if I, if I mess that up, I apologize. But let's get into right. uh, this fun, enchanting tale of grooming a minor. Oh, I can't wait. Um, so the child's name is Tokata Iron Eyes. Tokata was a child of um, the tribes in North Dakota okay. and met Ezra Miller through a protest event um, against the Keystone Pipeline. Okay. God, that Keystone Pipeline really makes its way into every, mm-hmm. every conversation. Um, at this time when they met, Tokata was 12 years old, and Ezra Miller was 23. Ooh. Already bad. Ooh. Already bad. I mean, they're just meeting, right. so that's okay. Right. <clears throat> um, the parents described the meeting as Ezra Miller using manipulative behavior and cult-like behavior um, to corrupt a minor. Oh. Nice. Oh. You know? <laughs> wow. Um, then from there, uh, Ezra Miller flew the child out to, you know, New York, Los Angeles, um, London, wherever they were at filming for movies Mm -hmm. and things, uh, gave the child drugs, Mm. alcohol, um, was constantly in contact with the child and really developed a, you know, predatory relationship yeah with with Takata and this is all coming from you know the parents allegations right uh but they have a little bit of evidence to back it up so I'm not really thinking they're that wrong <laughs> uh really what kind of uh you know kicked this off for them was these Hawaii events because leaked footage uh, of Ezra Miller being a menace yeah. actually showed Takata in the backgrounds of the videos. Oh, shit. So Takata was there. She's or Dakota, Takata is now 18 um, and is going by the name Gibson, I believe. That's what I found in one article. Um, if that's incorrect, then send us an email and let me know so I can <laughs> yeah. correct that. Um. But is currently on the run with Ezra Miller. Jeez. The parents uh, filed a protective order seeking to, um, you know, 
keep Ezra Miller away from Takata because they believe that uh, Ezra Miller is, you know, kind of controlling them. Yeah. Uh, they believe that there are some, you know, deep hooks that Ezra has put into Takata right. that <clears throat> Takata doesn't have the skills to break out of. Um, a few of those are uh, the majority of the social group that they are a part of are all Ezra Miller's friends. Mm, okay. Um, Ezra Miller also uh, paid for Tokata to attend college when Tokata was 16. Um, and has used this against Tokata to create a sense of indebtedness. <laughs> oh, great. Terrific. Um, so we have social and financial manipulation, all according to Takata's parents. Right. Um, but, you know, it'd be hard to make an allegation like that without having the numbers to back it up. Right. Uh, the parents also accuse Ezra Miller of what they call sexual predatory behavior, using multiple social media accounts to threaten and gaslight any victims. Oh, wow. Um, and... You know, when all of this was coming out, uh, an Instagram account that supposedly belongs to Takata issued a statement on Monday, essentially denying everything, saying that uh, this was all a lie, that they are transgender now, that their parents are transphobic, and that Ezra Miller has been nothing but a positive, you know, light Hmm. in their life. Um, it is weird that they refer to Ezra Miller as my comrade. I know it's a little silly, <laughs> but I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Huh. Um, hmm. The interesting part of this, though, is uh, their parents had informed news and media that Takata hasn't had a phone for quite some time. <laughs> ah. So... Uh, it's probably Ezra Miller who's saying these things. Mm. Uh, they also said that the the dialogue, the way it's written, is written very similarly to how Ezra Miller has spoken to them mm. about this mm. in the past. Wow. Um, but to set the record straight, Takata did come out in an Instagram video to, you know, clarify that the statements were from them. And nobody else is controlling their Instagram account. Hmm. So I'd like to believe that that's true. I'm sure that, you know, and there's a portion of that that is true. Um, but from what it sounds like all the way up to this point, they have some pretty deep, like, hooks. Yeah. In Tokata's brain. Yeah. And so it's 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 hard for for me to really accept the whole oh I'm 18 I can make my own decisions this is none of, right. of my parents business um and to her to their parents credit they did say you know okay well if you're in control of yourself if you're in charge of your own destiny then come here to court and dismiss the protection order yeah um, which they refuse to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, it's just like, it's very clear that Ezra has been 
the biggest influencing factor in their life since they were 12. So, like, it makes sense that they would go to bat for Ezra. Um, but it also makes sense Absolutely. that, like, it's a really fucked up situation and they're just on the wrong end of things and unable to realize that. Yeah, you know, I mean, their parents could be transphobic. Right. That could be true. And Ezra Miller could also be a total piece of shit. Right. Um, But, you know, when you break it down, what I'm seeing here is Ezra Miller met this 12-year-old, mm-hmm. uh, flew them out mm-hmm. to all of the places that they were at. You know, we have... Uh, London, Vermont, New York, California, Hawaii, these are all confirmed places, um, provided the minor alcohol mm-hmm. and marijuana and LSD. Um, had this child with them during their arrests and uh, the violence that they were causing in Hawaii. Um, there's another sentence in here during the in the accusations where um, the parents had noted that, uh, which I will say, the parents do refer to Takata as they them, which is good to see. Okay. Um, but the parents said that you know Takata previously had identified as non-binary, um, queer, gay, kind of in that range, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. But we're told that Ezra has decided that Takata is non-binary transgender. Okay. Um, Interesting. Which is super fucked. Right, uh, especially, if that is if, the case. especially if that's how Takata's framing it, too. Like, oh, this is something Ezra said I am, so I am. Right, exactly. It, that that would mean that it's not even psychological manipulation on like a social level, a financial level, but like deeply on an identity level. Right. Interesting. Um, obviously, all of this kind of goes without saying that these are allegations. These are currently what we have to deal with. Um, but we don't have Ezra Miller's side because they keep dodging service. They haven't been served. They haven't appeared in court. They haven't hired any representation from what we can tell. So it's really tough for us to understand all of the picture. Um, and, you know, obviously in the in the court of public opinion, the fact that he, they keep dodging service like this mm-hmm. is not a good sign for the... Uh, truthfulness of the allegations. right um i i always hate that idea that oh well only guilty people um lie or only guilty people uh god what am i looking for i can't even you, you know the sentiment i'm kind of trying to go for maybe you can finish my sentence right like um that um oh that like they wouldn't need to hire a lawyer. Or they wouldn't need to do all this stuff if they were. Oh guilty. yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. Um, I've always hated that sentiment. Mm-hmm. Or oh no, I know what exactly what I'm thinking of. 
it's uh, those if you don't say anything that you're guilty like obviously innocent people would say i'm innocent oh, i right, wouldn't do this right. they wouldn't be avoiding police right. if they were innocent um but in this case you know when when you're the have the type of fame ezra miller does you have a little bit bigger obligation um and these allegations are not new for famous people no uh as i said before it's kind of become the destruction of my adolescence <laughs> um, through all of these pop punk fans I listen right. to. Uh, you know, and with that, there's also an added responsibility of you've kind of lost the ability to just disappear. Right. Especially when you're with the person that the child, the child yes, that is like. The one who people, the parents are saying has been manipulated and essentially like the child taken at hostage. issue, yeah. so to speak. Right, right, exactly. Like it's, it's not, it's not just, you know, some. I don't know. It's it's a very serious issue and very serious allegations no, for sure. And <clears throat> I'm I'm really curious to see kind of how this plays out. Um, I would say, if anything, this should be enough uh, to remove him from the DCEU. Oh, yeah. I would think Warner Bros. wouldn't want to touch this with a thousand-foot pole. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, what does that mean for The Flash? Is his, is their stuff already done? Are they... Yeah. Because... Um, I, I, uh, <laughs> The Flash was supposed to be the DCU's big like reboot movie. Mm-hmm. It was their way to uh, erase the timeline and start over, yep. so this or in a way. So if that movie's done, that's kind of the whole. It's kind of the key piece of their entire franchise, yeah. the entire cinematic universe. So what do you do? Do you just start over? Right. I mean, how do you how do you think DC should approach this? If if let's say the Flash movie is out, yeah. What should they do? I think that what they should do is just simply recast. You can, I mean, you're dealing with the multiverse very clearly um, Mm -hmm. in the the Flash movie that's going to be coming out. So that's one thing. Another thing, you know, you like they can easily use that to just be like, this is because, like, you know, with the rumors about how. What was it that what Michael Keaton was gonna be the DCEU's new Batman or something like that? Um, yeah. If they were, if that is true, and they were planning on doing that, you could just easily cast a different actor and <laughs> have them. So you, I got you. So you're you're saying cast a new Flash and just move forward as planned? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I that's what I think. I mean, I mean, my okay. Well, I guess my personal opinion on the DCEU is. They should recast the Flash, and they should continue letting creative auteurs have full <laughs> reign on movies such as you know the Suicide Squad, kind of like how that happened, um, mm-hmm. and let them sort of make weird and exciting shit in the different corners of the DC universe. Um, right. But if there's a lot to explore there that really hasn't, right. you know, gone there, yeah, but that's a whole different conversation. But, you know, I, regardless, I think they should just recast and then I don't think they would have to 
redo all Deal that with yeah it. i don't think they'd have to like do too much to change i don't i guess i don't know what you know their plans were or are so it's hard to say so yeah no i guess i guess that makes sense I have been of the opinion that the only way to move forward is to scorched earth it. Mm. You keep Suicide Squad, you keep um, the Batman, and that's your that's your foundation. You move forward from there. Yeah. You just start over. Yeah. I think they're so like desperate to, you know, keep some sense of continuity because uh-huh. they're afraid people will be confused or anything. Right. Nobody's going to be confused. No. You start over. You go from there. You're good to go. Nobody's invested at this point no. in what you guys are doing. No. Just start over. Right. Right. Um, but that's 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 kind of where I sit with it. Yeah. But you know, kind of, speaking of DC, yeah, we did get a new trailer. We got a new trailer. Uh, Black Adam. Yeah. Which had a lot of the weird characters. Yeah, it sure did. Um, um, what'd you think of the trailer? I was kind of. I was pleasantly surprised um it looks you know visually interesting it looks um i i think i'm like cautiously optimistic about it um it looks different well kind of different and uh yeah i don't know i i'm i'm just kind of i'm i'm not like totally on the fence but i'm pretty i'm like you know this could be good what do you think not not totally on the fence um I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah. I was really pumped to see some, you know, superheroes that are very prominent in the animated universe, but not really in the film universe. Yeah. Like Dr. Fate. That was really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially since it's Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. What, where, where has he been? I know. I he, Crazy. Um, Hawkman mm-hmm. is cool. It means the Thanagarians are around. Um, I'm hopefully, hopefully that means we'll get Shire Hole here soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, oh God, what was his name? It was something with an Adam, not Black Adam. Oh, um, oh yeah, Adam something, um, like A T O M. Um, yeah, 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 um, he's like the equivalent of Andy. Yeah, I forget, but but a little cooler. <clears throat> Um, Adam Smasher, is that it? No. Maybe. That sounds right. I don't remember. But. Adam Smasher, yeah, that's right. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. But yeah. Um, It looked exciting. Yeah. It really did. Uh, Black Adam looks way more powerful than the Superman they have shown (laughs) in this, what's supposed to be this current universe. Right. So I'm, I'm curious if he's going to be nerfed in the actual movie. Yeah. I'm curious to see too. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's, we weren't given a lot to see where they were going with it. We were right. just given a lot to show us that the movie exists. Right. That was, that was essentially the whole point. Right. I guess so. I would like to know. I would like a trailer that shows me what I'm getting into. Oh, I agree. I fully agree. But, you know, they always like to push out. Anytime they have a little iota of content, they're like, push it out now. Like how they did that, that non-trailer for the Flash movie when they had the intro and Ezra Miller. Oh, the teaser? Yeah, and Ezra Miller was like, 
we don't really have enough to show you a trailer, but I, I mean, here's a little bit, I guess. <laughs> and then it was like... That really was top 10 moments before disaster. Right. Because I watched that little teaser and I thought, what a jackass. What are they doing? Right. I know. And then... Hey, you know this thing we built up? We don't really have anything, right. by the way. <laughs> it was just so awkwardly read, too. Yeah. Come get invested. Yeah. Um, hmm. But that's that's... About all I'm at for the DCU yeah. for today. Yeah. Or at least for right now. For right now. Who knows? Yeah, we'll probably get more into it. Right. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about Summer Games Fest. Okay. Have you been kind of watching any of the updates or anything? I've not seen a lot about it. What's uh what's been what are the big things? So it's just started, so we've only had the kickoff event. Xbox gave a presentation today. Uh which was a little underwhelming. Okay. Honestly. I mean, the biggest takeaway is Hideo Kojima is working on a project exclusively with Xbox. Whoa. Um, which is interesting. Typically, he's on the Sony side. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious why he's with Xbox hmm. and Microsoft. Interesting. Um, and what's going to come out of that. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Um, But the other things that I found slightly... Uh, interesting where Last of Us is getting a remake. <laughs> a complete Grindaway remake. Why why are you laughing, Sam? Well I, I I I'm not I don't have a horse in this race, so I'm not personally, you know, whatever. But it's just interesting that the things that they like to spend their time on when it comes to like, you know, we already have a remastered version of The Last of Us. And then there's The mm-hmm. Last of Us Part Two, so what's the you know what's the the point of remaking it? You know, it's it just feels yeah. I don't know. That's what you're saying. You played The Last of Us? Uh, not all the way through. No. <laughs> what about Part Two? No, none. Okay, so here's what I'll tell you. It looks really fucking good, actually. Oh yeah. Um. So, Last of Us Part Two is a pretty significant graphical jump. Right. Um, I know it doesn't look like it in the trailers, and the trailers really don't do a good job of showing that. Um, and Part One did get a remaster. Uh, Last of Us originally came out in 2013 mm-hmm. for PlayStation 3. It got a remaster in 2014 for PlayStation 4, which essentially was just a lighting up-res mm-hmm. for the PlayStation 4. If you go back and play it again it doesn't it hasn't aged terribly like it doesn't look too bad right but it does show its age i mean a lot of the character models and character expressions aren't as expressive right as a lot of people remember that they are right um, and so what this does what part one does the remake is essentially just put it on the same graphical level as part two so it looks like a smoother transition between the two games. Yeah. Um, which I'm all for. Okay. You know when you say when you say uh, they're what they're devoting their time to. The same team is also working on a standalone multiplayer game, so it's not like they're just sitting around jacking each other off. Right. Um. And I think they're also working on Last of Us Part Three, but God knows how long that's going to be. I mean the. Part two took seven years. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to pick it up. I really loved the first Last of Us game. It looked 
pretty um, with the up res that I had. I played it on PlayStation 5, so uh-huh. I also got the PlayStation 5 up reses. Right. <clears throat> um, I'm excited for how it's going to look with the remake on the PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably encourage me to play through the second part again, too. Yeah. Because I really enjoyed those games. Yeah. Yeah. But Last of Us is booming right now. We're supposed to get the, the HBO show, what, next right. year? Right. Yeah. They're doing so much. Maybe you should hop on, buddy, instead of sitting here snickering in the background <laughs> for what? for a remake. I mean, it's, oh. there's just so much you can do with the same story. You know, like, it's the, it's the, it's the same story that you played in the game. You're just going to play it again. You're going to watch it now, the same story. So, you know, it's yeah. just it's just interesting. It's kind of like how, you know, Grand Theft Auto 5 has been released on like what f- f- you know, PS3, PS4, PS5 just re-released, re-released, re-released. It's just yeah. like I feel like that's kind of become such a common thing in pop culture whether that be uh uh you know, video games or movies where, you know, it gets so popular that they're like, "Oh, well, why would we want to do something else that could either be a success or fail when we can just re-release this same thing that we know is going to make more money? Um, I got you. So you think that's bad? Uh, not inherently, but I think it's indicative of a larger issue, um, which brings me to... Like Skyrim. Like Skyrim, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, isn't that your favorite game, Sam? How many times have you played through Skyrim? Yeah, I, 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 but I'm not saying that it's not indicative of a larger problem. I don't know why you're so up in arms about what I'm saying here, but um, I'm not up in arms. <laughs> I just was putting it into a little bit of your perspective. Right. I, 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 I mean, I, I'll say the I, same thing about Skyrim. They fucking make Elder Scrolls Six. Jesus, it's been over a decade. Just do it. Like, stop re-releasing. Stop doing this. Sh- I, I'm, I'm still on the same side, even if you put it in that perspective. Uh, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. I'm not saying that maybe I won't play it. Um, but I, I'm just saying that it's, it's just I don't know. And that's this is kind of the common sentiment that I've seen from a lot of the fans on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but that brings me to like you know the uh, next bit. The Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, more fun stuff, re-release. Have you heard about this? Is that really what it's called? Yeah. Um, it's called the more fun stuff re-release? Um, yep, the more the more fun stuff version. Um, so, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> we, as, as you listeners know, um, we both really, really like Spider-Man No Way Home. Jake love spider-man no way home uh it's a very very fun very exciting it's a great spider-man story etc etc uh but over the weekend or on friday i guess um sony announced that they're re-releasing the movie in u.s and canada on september 12th which will include uh it'll be an extended edition so there will be more scenes uh, that were deleted from the original version. Now, sounds great, you know? Like, why wouldn't you want more of the exciting stuff that we got in the movie? Uh, especially, you know, given the fact that there have been ta- there's been talk about 
how much extra footage of Toby and Andrew there was that was shot that was cut from the, mm-hmm. the the movie. So that's great and all, you know, it's not unusual for movies to re-release films. You know, Avatar has done it many, you know, many times. Uh, I think Endgame did a right. little re-release a little bit. Uh, even fucking Morbius, uh, which is absolutely hilarious. Um, did you see the petition on yeah. that said we are, we, Sony, we were just busy that weekend. Yeah, we were just busy that re- that weekend. Please re-release it again. That was the funniest joke ever because it's Morbin time was hilarious at first. Then it got so tired pretty quickly, especially when Sony was like, oh, mm-hmm. it's been trending for a week now. Let's re-release it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Great. Now it's ruined. But then... It became funny again when nobody saw it and it flopped twice because it got memed. I know. So I love it. Um, Sony just didn't understand. They did not understand. Um, and anyway, so it's not unusual for movies to be re-released. There's there's nothing like totally bad about it. However, in this specific case, I think it's pretty fucked up of Sony because... When the, you know, we actually talked about this, I think, on the podcast uh, about how the blue, like the special edition Blu-ray that was advertised for No Way Home to be released, advertised deleted scenes that would be the special features. And so, you know. Oh, so this movie is going to have those. Yes, exactly. So, you know, all oh. these fans, they pre-ordered the, this you know, Blu-ray being like, hell yeah, I want, you know, these special, these, like, deleted scenes. I want to see this shit. Uh, when they got the Blu-ray, it no longer had anything about deleted scenes. And so... It's just a bait and switch. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it was very clear that Sony realized, oh, shit, we should just re-release this movie as an extended cut. And that's exactly what they're doing. Um, so am I excited to see more footage of Toby and Andrew? Absolutely. I, I, I like the idea of an extended edition. I, but I just kind of wish that they had framed it better, that they didn't, you know, fucking, uh, uh, manipulate their fans. Do you know what extra scenes are going to be in there? Um, I've not seen anything about the specific scenes um, but I know that it will be a lot of it will be Toby and Andrew because the way they announced it was Toby, Andrew and Tom talking. And then it was like Toby, it would, they, they like showed a, like that little clip from the movie when, uh, uh, Andrew's Peter was like, we should do this again sometime to Toby or something. Um, mm. So, but I don't think they've like specifically said. If they have, I've not seen it. Well, they have specifically said. You want me to tell you what they are? Okay, sure. What's up? I just looked it up. Um, so there's gonna be one, two, three, four, five deleted scenes. Okay. That are gonna be shown. Um the first one is an extended interrogation scene from the beginning. Okay. Um, second one is Peter Day at Midtown High. Okay. It's the longest clip. Okay. It also has their timestamps. Um, third one is it's just called Undercroft Montage. Okay. Um, fourth one, Happy's Very Good Lawyer. Right. 
And then the fifth one is the Spidey's Hangout. Okay. Uh, which all of those things amounts to about an extra two, five, seven, eight, nine, about another 15 minutes. That's it? Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> also, it's very Jake of you to ask me a question that you already know the answer to <laughs> instead of just saying I, it. <laughs> well, okay. That I have been known to do such a thing in the past, but I actually didn't know the answer. And when you were like, I don't know, I just decided to Google it. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I wasn't setting you up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I it's it's Sony. They kind of suck. So that's the moral <laughs> of the story. But what? Um, I probably won't go back to theaters to watch it. But no, I'll I, wait for it to come out. Yeah, on digital. whenever they get it on digital, then I'll, I'll probably watch that extended. Because I, I mean, I am excited to see like more scenes of the movie. But Jesus, huh. right? Um, before we get into our main topic, we should probably talk a little bit about Sonic Frontiers. Right, Sonic Frontiers. Um, we got. An IGN first look. It looks just like Breath of the Wild, but not as good. <laughs> I'll say that. Okay. Um, it's completely open world, which it looks really fun to run around in, but there's no NPCs. There's no life at all oh. other than these enemies. So it's a little disappointing. Oh. But what's weird is there's all these critics who have been playing it at summer games fest, it's available there as a demo. Mm-hmm. It's a closed demo. So even people who've kind of been videotaping the uh, booths, mm-hmm. when they walk by the Sonic booth, people come and shut it down and make them delete there. Oh, wow. So it's that kind of, um, pretty strict, but some and critics who play it or anybody who plays the demo has to sign an NDA. Gotcha. Um, but we, have had some people leak their um, opinions and IGN also kind of gave their hands-on first look, which was their like early, early review. Mm-hmm. And they're all great. Oh, One shit. of them even said it was potential game of the year. What? Fuck. Which is weird because it didn't look that good at all. Huh. Well, shit. Now I'm pumped. Yeah. So... Maybe it's just stuff we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Um, because I'm really not sure what they're gonna do with it. Right. That's interesting. May, hopefully, they'll kind of fill out the world and make it feel a little bit more alive. Because that was yeah. my biggest complaint. I mean, there was some, um, like weird glitches in the little trailers. Mm-hmm. But maybe that'll change. Who knows? Yeah. Interesting. I yeah I'm I mean I'm excited now that I've uh, heard some of the hype from the from the critics you know <laughs> you tell me to like a game and I'll like a game I'm I'm pretty easy unless it's The Last of Us Part One oh my god I never it's nothing to do with the actual game <laughs> you're over here going Last of Us Part One oh ho, ho. <laughs> Jesus it's crazy what these people's win their time oh on. my god you're something else. Um, speaking about time though, let's talk about Top Gun. Top Gun, I got a need. I got a need. Top for Gun speed. Maverick. 
So, yeah, I wasn't planning on seeing this movie because mm-hmm. I didn't really care. I mean, I was going to see it when it came out on you know streaming, right. but I didn't really care that much about seeing it. I felt like I saw that little um, teaser mm-hmm. before the... Um, like before Doctor Strange. Right, right. And so I felt like I'd seen the movie with that. Right, yeah. It's like, okay, I kind of get it. I kind of get what's happening here. You can kind of file it under, you know, sequels that nobody really asked for kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But I was asked to go with Autumn's family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I went, I checked it out, and I was really blown away. Yeah. That movie was was good. For those of you who haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, we're going to get into spoilers, by the way. Yes, spoilers for Top Gun Maverick. But wow. But it fucking ruled, dude. It was awesome. Yeah, that was a great movie. I I was fully shocked. I I was on the, I was on this in the same boat, you know, when I was seeing the trailers and stuff. I was like, I mean, maybe I'll watch it in theaters just to kind of see what it's about, but I'm not not expecting much at all. And then I started mm-hmm. reading the reviews. And I've never, like, I had never seen such glow, like, glowing reviews. I, I could expect, you know, oh, yeah, a solid sequel. Did you think you were reading about Sonic Frontiers? Yeah, exactly, right. It was like, uh, there were people like, oh, yeah, this is the best action movie since 2015's Mad Max Fury Road. Which I was like, holy shit, that's high praise. Like, right. just like these insane, like, some one reviewer called it the best sequel ever made. And, like... I mean, I don't know if I'd go that glowing, but I I definitely see their point. Like it was a it was a really really good legacy sequel. Yeah. Really. I mean, the way that the movie was shot was crazy. Mm. I I watched kind of some behind the scenes interviews with them. Yeah. Um and I didn't realize when I was watching it that they were actually up in the planes. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, they had about eight cameras in the cockpit, but I didn't even think about it until I was kind of hearing them discuss the way that they filmed it. But the acting was really just a guessing game. They couldn't communicate with each other. They couldn't do anything. So they had to kind of practice the dialogues and like table reads. Yeah. And then they had to go up and just guess what their character would be or what would be going on. That's crazy. They had to do this so many times to get like, you know, the background in the right way. Right. Um, I think I read they ended up shooting like 200 hours of plane footage. Just crazy. And only used, you know, what was in the movie? Like what? 30 minutes. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was fucking cool. I was I didn't think I'd be so into the planes going fing, fing, moving around right, each other. Right. It was also cool to see him go on a mission because uh, you know the first Top Gun they were just in like flight school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, even though the mission was to blow up the Death Star, it was still right. cool to see it right, exactly. in a different context. <laughs> I wish one I wish one of them would have said something because it was so clearly yeah the yeah. run from death the Death Star right right have somebody acknowledge that it, it was. Yeah, that it was kind of odd they didn't throw a Marvel like quip in there right. about it. <laughs> um like Endgame's Back to the Future. Right, exactly. Yeah, it I mean the movie was directed so incredibly well. Um so visceral. Uh it's it, it's so visceral. Yeah. 
It was like really impressive. It's such a funny word. Yeah. <laughs> Are you Googling the definition? No. <laughs> but um, it just like was really incredibly uh, directed. Um, I, I love the story about how it was, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it, I, the story about how it was greenlit. So the director, Joseph Kosinski, um, who had done Tron Legacy and uh, he had worked with uh, Tom Cruise on Oblivion, uh, both movies mm-hmm. who were not very well received critically, but were still very well directed and uh, especially visually very, very interesting films. Um, but he approached Tom Cruise with this idea and said, I have this idea for a Top Gun sequel um, and make it character focused and saying that it's mm-hmm. this character study in, in into Maverick and make that the focus of the movie and sort of explained, you know, what he was going to do with the story and everything. And Tom Cruise liked it so much that he called the head of Paramount immediately and then said, hey, we're making a sequel to Top Gun, hung up, and they greenlit it immediately. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Crazy. Um, Tom Cruise was great. Yeah. I loved seeing Miles Teller back. I really liked Miles Teller. Because he was popular a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then he kind of disappeared. Right. I mean, f- I feel like that 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 has something to do with his uh, Fantastic Four movie that that completely bombed. I think that sort of set him back a little yeah. bit. But yeah, in uh, Whiplash is an incredible film. Um, yeah, he he had an insane performance in that movie. He's a he's a really good actor, and I hope we're gonna see a sort of resurgence from him. Yeah, because he he did great, and I do love seeing him on screen. Yeah. Um, and I dug the character focus thing. Yeah. I'm a big, as you know, I'm a big fan of the character focus, drawn out, you know, interesting human type stories. Yeah. More so than I am just the action. Yeah, exactly. Because it it um, grounds and, the action and it heightens the stakes. Yeah. Exactly. So I thought, I thought Maverick was gonna die on that mission. I thought so too. I fully thought so. I thought he was gonna be another goose, mm-hmm. but I, I liked how they kind of subverted our expectations mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. I think all of us expected one of them to die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought that was. Um, they handled that really well. Um, yeah, and then I also, it it was just interesting because you know right when you thought the movie was over, like the mission was about Saul or finished. Mm-hmm. Maverick goes down, and then oh, it's not Goose. What's his name? Rooster goes yeah. down, mm-hmm. and then we have like a semi like spy escape mission. Yeah, um, that was really kind of fun. Yeah, I I wish they would have done a little bit more with it, mm-hmm. but you know, you also like you don't want to have too much of a good thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It was. It. I love action movies that sort of do that sort of thing where it's like. You, you have what you think is the climax or what maybe is the climax. So you think, you know, oh, it's just going to be winding down for the rest of the movie. But then they throw in another, like, I don't know if twist is the right word, but like you get a, a different, something unique and different uh, in terms of like the action or the, the conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it worked. It was really effective uh, in in this movie. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, 
there was one part of it in the beginning. You know when he does the the like ten uh god what's the third word I'm looking Mach for? 10, Mach ten. Yeah. And that big like spaceship looking ship. Yeah. So when he does that and it blows up in the like the first ten minutes of the movie, yeah. out loud in the theater, I said, This is why we can't have health care. <laughs> it's cause we're paying millions of dollars. Right. For people like Tom Cruise to just fuck around and blow up <laughs> spaceships. Right. That's like when they bailed out of that F-18. Yeah, yeah. And that one just went down. I was like, oh, yeah, there's just, you know, $20 million. Who cares? Right. In the in the ground now. Oops. Yeah. Um. One thing also that I liked about this movie is, you know, it, it's really interesting when you see, like, different... Uh, you know, action movies, war movies, whatever that are sent that are set in, you know, <clears throat> relatively present day. Like they don't super specify mm-hmm. whatever. And they always, depending on the political climate on what, you know, is going on globally, uh, um, they always will choose their quote unquote enemies uh, like the the vil- you know the villains of the movie. Oh, they, like the Wonder Woman eighty four effect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's always like, oh, this is, uh, you know, this is this country, whatever. You have like the the Red Dawn remake with Chris Hemsworth from way back when that um they filmed. I think they initially filmed it as like I don't remember if it was I think it was China was the 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 villain and then uh they had mm-hmm. to do like like last minute changes and they made it like actually North Korea um and like stuff like that based on what was happening, you know, uh globally. I don't remember the ex- specifics of that. But in this movie, they're it's just they're just fighting the enemy. And that's fine by me. I don't need to know who it is. You know, that's not what yeah, that's not exactly. that's not the point of the movie. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I wonder if we're going to get more movies where this is kind of vague like that, because it's not about, you know, that it's about the characters. Yeah. And it also really kind of towed the line of fetishizing the military yeah. in a way that I thought didn't detract from, like you said, the character story they were trying yeah, to tell. Yeah. Um, and more or less just kind of added a world for which these characters in which these characters could live and, you know, mm-hmm. um, grow. Right. Exactly. Uh, so I, I just, I really enjoyed it, but I guess that, that begs the question of, you know, what makes a successful sequel? Cause mm. for every top gun we have, we have a million Joker twos. Right. God. <laughs> Which I can't believe they're making a second Joker. Oh, crazy. Jesus. That is that is one movie that did not need a sequel no, it, at all. No, it didn't even need the first one. <laughs> um, right. But there was no, there was nothing left open. No. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what, what can we learn from Top Gun? Yeah. Um, is it just not being afraid to take what people already love, take characters people already know? Um and do something new with them, right? Like, is that the is that the big thing? I guess that's what really caught me off guard with this was I was just expecting Top Gun one, Top Gun Part One, you know, the remake mm-hmm. of The Last of Us, right? Yeah. Uh, 
you know it it's it's really interesting because just to sort of compare this to other sequels and legacy speak sequels specifically such as you know star wars the force awakens um and uh uh uh, uh i haven't seen this yet but jurassic world dominion <laughs> which i have not heard very many good things about <laughs> but no i think i think this is going to kind of sound abstract and vague and uh mm-hmm. but sort of just like understanding and capturing the spirit of the original, like understanding what made it such a success in the first place, you know, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, you know, with, uh, what the Jurassic world movies, I think, especially this last one, what it looks like they're doing is they're just throwing in the original three characters because they're like, Oh, you know, they loved these characters. Let's just bring them back for, for, for the sake of bringing them back. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing with Rise of Skywalker, you know, bringing Palpatine back uh, for God knows what reason and doing all these things that are sort of references to the original trilogy and references to the things that, you know, people loved about the original Star Wars movies, but not for the right reasons, not for like, like in, in Top Gun Maverick, um, you know, they they really spend a lot of time because this was the core of the movie about Goose and Goose's death and how that affected yeah. Maverick. And they weren't doing it because it was like, oh, you know, people love the character Goose. So we want to, you know, we want to talk about it so, and so we can bring him back. Maybe we'll have like a little ghost moment where he comes back as, you know, like a like a force ghost type mm-hmm. type thing. Right. No, it was like it was essential to Maverick's character because it's still affecting him, right. you know, 30 some odd years later. Um, right. And I I got to be honest, I haven't seen the first one in a while. I did not rewatch the first Top Gun before seeing this movie. <gasps> so I don't remember exactly a lot of, like about the movie in terms of, you know, but I, I feel like it was also from what I remember, it was also very character focused in that. You know, you have that that scene of uh, uh, um, what was it? Goose and Maverick singing "Great Balls of Fire" uh, at the mm-hmm. at the bar, and um, and then you have that that parallel scene of Goose's son playing, you know, in his the same fashion as his dad, "Great Balls of Fire," and singing with his comrades. And I really liked how they did that because they could have easily thrown it in there as just like, oh, remember this and then have Maverick, you know, singing along all this stuff. But no, it was a moment for Maverick to see him, a bit of himself and a bit of Goose in Rooster and the people that he was going to be. You know, it it was about legacy. It was about what he is leaving behind, about what he can teach this new generation, which is very effective and and honestly kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, The Last Jedi. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and it succeeds in that way, you know, kind of to speak to your point mm-hmm. of legacy sequels that don't. Um, I think Superman Returns is a good example of the opposite end of this. Spectrum. Okay, okay. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but... I have, but I've not seen the original 70s Superman, so I don't know that context of it. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's supposed to just be a sequel to those movies. And I didn't even uh, know that till you told me that um, like a week yeah, ago. Yeah, he's supposed to, Brandon Routh's supposed to be Christopher Reed. Yeah. 
Um, and so it had all of the things that we liked from the first one. It had Superman. It had Lex Luthor. It mm-hmm. had Lois Lane. Um, but it didn't really have any of the things that made those special. Right. Um, it didn't have, you know, a love for the characters and the world and the stories that they had started. Mm-hmm. You know, the themes that they had really began with. Yeah. Um, it was just kind of, uh, here's more of what you like. Right. Yeah, exactly. I hear you. Um, so I, I think that is really illustrative of your point. And I think that is the key of what makes a good Absolutely. legacy sequel. But see, that kind of brings up the next topic of, is our is sequel culture ruining the film industry? Hmm. That's like, are we so focused on wanting more of things we like um, that it's it's causing film studios and, and artists to be stuck in these little boxes um, rather than just, you know, seeing a movie we liked, enjoying a story and being okay with that, being okay with not knowing. Right. You know? Right. You know, that's the big question. I uh, Film Twitter has has discussed this at great lengths. Um, I, I have two minds when it comes to this. Uh, and, and on the one hand, I see the point, uh, that studios are directing all their time and money towards sequels, which, you know, are sort of sure, sure, assuredly going to make them a lot of money. It's, it's sort of a, 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 what's the, what's the phrase? Like a. I don't know, ace in the hole or like a, it's a, it's a sure thing, you know, it's, it's a, it's money, yeah, yeah, money yeah, yeah. in their pocket for sure. Um, and in that sense, they're giving less money to uh, sort of smaller indie filmmakers with unique visions. Um, and it kind of brings to mind uh, the movie, the Northman, um, mm-hmm. uh, which was a uh, Robert Eggers, who is an incredible young uh, auteur. <clears throat> he uh, did um, The Witch uh, and The Lighthouse, both of which are fantastic movies. The Lighthouse was phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and uh, The Northman, uh, did you watch The Northman? I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard it's good. Yeah, it's it's a really good movie. Um, I mean, personally, I, I think I liked... Uh, the lighthouse better. I'll need to rewatch the witch to see what I think about that. But, um, but it's still an incredible movie. Uh, very visually interesting and very well written and directed and, and produced. And it's a, it's a bigger budget sort of, uh, indie film, which I know kind of sounds like a, like a contradiction, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) it, they, they kind of took a chance on them. And the sad thing is, is not a lot of people came out to watch the movie. Um, the movie came out around the same time as movies like um, like Doctor Strange, uh, movies, uh, I'm forgetting what other movies came out around the same time as it, but there were a lot of big movies that were coming out, um, which I guess they're so kind of... kind of got overshadowed. Yeah, yeah, a little, yeah, it, it kind of did. And so then... It the the sad thing is I remember seeing headlines that were saying the the lesson that they get from it is not to give 
big budgets to, uh, you know, indie directors, uh, which makes me kind of sad because that's not the, the lesson I got from it. Um, so, right. It was just poor release timing. Right. Exactly. And I have, so I, I understand, you know, the, the sort of frustration with this quote unquote sequel culture, but my on, on the other hand, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with doing a sequel or a legacy sequel. If you give it, you know, to the right hands, you can make mm-hmm. good movies. Uh, you got, Star Wars The Last Jedi, you know, we got Top Gun Maverick, we got uh, Mad Max Fury Road was even a legacy sequel. Um, Right, yeah. And so you got, like, good movies out of all this, so it's not totally a bad thing, but I think where the issue stems from is studios focusing more on what's going to make them money as opposed to what is going to be the most... um, What's going to be the best artistic yes. product? Yes, the best artistic product, the thing that, you know, people are going to uh, enjoy and appreciate the most, what's going to be the sort of richest outcome. Yeah, exactly. Not letting artists do their thing because what film is, at the end of the day, is it's a, it's an, it's a medium of art. It's, it's artists expressing their vision. Um, but I think that, this sort of sequel culture for lack of a better term has in, in some ways it it can uh, it's just focused on, Oh, this is going to make us money. Um, Which. Yeah. I don't know. It just kind of makes me think of uh, the boys. Honestly, I feel like they, they kind of attack that sort of idea pretty well. The boys is like the best satirical take on superhero movie franchises yeah. like Disney and Marvel. Absolutely. That's out there. Yeah. It hits every nail right on the head. Mm-hmm. It's so great. Can't recommend watching it yeah. enough. It's on Amazon Prime. Absolutely. But what what do you think? Do you think that movie franchises are bad for the film industry or as like an art form or what what do you think? Um well, much like was it Robert De Niro? I don't think Marvel films are cinema. <laughs> Um, was it Robert? It wasn't Robert. Uh, uh, Martin Scorsese, I think. Martin Scorsese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But close, you know. Much like, much, much like Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Marvel movies are not cinema. Yeah. You just let me keep going with that. I I didn't want um, I didn't want to be that guy. I don't know, but well, please be. Okay, that guy. okay, I'll, I I will. <laughs> um. So I think that they're. <laughs> um. How do I? What do I feel about it? I my short answer is yes, mm-hmm. but with an asterisk. So I do kind of see a little bit of what Martin Scorsese is saying. Yeah, I don't really see comic book and superhero movies as like films, right? Much in the same way I don't see comic books as books, right? You know, right, right. Yeah, no, that's a good way of putting I it. I think both are great, yeah. but I think they're both great, kind of with their own purpose. Yeah, and I think the superhero genre requires you know, films are like a, a franchised system. Yeah. Like what Marvel has. Absolutely. Um, that's the only way to truly tell these things that are, in, or truly tell these things that are interesting. Yeah. And to also bring in the things people like. Right. Um, but I think that the film industry has become so gripped with the success of 
Marvel and the MCU mm. that they're taking the wrong lesson from it. Yeah. And they're setting all of their movies up as these big franchises that can just continue to last. Yeah. And they're not really interested in telling interesting stories. Yeah. Um, which is why we have Fast and Furious 10, why we have all of these <laughs> right. other um, pieces. And so that's why my short answer is, yeah, I do think that like this sequel culture of this whole, okay, well, when's the next one? Yes. It's kind of ruined it. Because like, yeah. look at a film like Parasite. Parasite didn't need a sequel. And in, and I'm glad that it didn't get one. Right. Um, but it very easily could have. Just like how Squid Game is getting a second season. Exactly. Um, I don't think Squid Game needs a second season. No. I'm hoping that I'm proven wrong when it comes out yeah, and it's yeah. different and it's interesting. Yeah. But it really didn't need one. It told what it was going to tell. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, I that's my answer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I fully agree. It's, it's, it's so much more nuanced than just a yes or no. But it, overall, I mean, there, it, it has affected it poorly. And I liked the way that you said that, you know, comic books, comic book movies to, to movies is like comic books to books kind of. Um, I, I really, yeah, I don't see them in the same light. No, exactly. And I think what, you know, like to your point, it's this, the studios are taking that wrong lesson where they're like, oh, we want to make every, every, you know, franchise or, or every, um, you know, movie with a sequel and turn it into a franchise where we have all these spinoffs and we have these sequels and then we have all these, we have this whole universe like they, you know, that's mm-hmm. the whole thing. That everything is a verse now. It's the the monster verse, the the uh, Fast and Furious verse. You got the, you know, all these different universes because it's like all these. Right. But it's like you don't need that for just everyday movies. Well, like, no, you know? I mean, and those those universes exist like that, and those are the ones that are profitable and successful are successful because those characters and universes have existed through multiple serialized type right. storytelling types. Like even look at what's going on with the Sonic movies. Um Sonic as a character has thrived through you know constant like new stories through games, different adaptations, right. different evolutions. Yeah. Um all within the same world. But not everything is Sonic. And that's not to say that it's bad or that it's worse, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It's just not what it is. Right. Like, Get Out, yeah. you know? I don't think Get Out is inferior to the Marvel movies because it's incapable of continuing a story on. Right. I think it's great. I think it's actually better than a lot of the Marvel movies. Yeah. But it's because it's it's focused on telling an interesting and unique story. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but now that I'm done just saying nothing with big words, <laughs> um, do you have anything else to add about Top Gun? No, go see it. Even if you haven't seen no. the original, go see it. Uh, everything that you need to know is explained in the movie and, uh, it's a, it's a good time. It's a good time. And I definitely recommend trying to go see it in theaters because that it's an experience in itself, especially if you can go IMAX or some sort of super screen or something like that. Um, I should have gone IMAX. I saw it normal. Mm, I I didn't see IMAX, but I saw it at like the the Marcus Theater DLX super screen or whatever. 
And when we got tickets, it was like the only available seats were in the front row. And so we are in the very sucks. I thought I thought it would be that way, but I was surprised because it was the the reclining seats. So it was actually pretty cool being able to recline almost all the way back. So just like laying and staring upward, Um, which is pretty cool for the for the the flight scenes. Um, um, But I did not hurt your eyes. Uh, n- not, not totally. I mean, I had to like, kind of like m- move my head left to right if I wanted to see certain things. So I did, it would have been better to be at least a couple, uh, uh, of rows back, but it was not as bad as uh, nearly as bad as I uh, thought it might've been. But oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. Go, go see it in theaters. Uh, for Tom Cruise, he has a very heartfelt, uh, th- thank you, uh, before the movie. So <laughs> That's true. Then he goes right back to Scientology. Right, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The king of Scientology. <laughs> well, mm. that's all I've got for this week. Yeah, that's about all I got as well. Make sure to catch us uh, streaming Thursday. Hell yeah. 7 p.m. We're still making our way through Pokemon Fire Red. Yes. Uh, um, we just made a TikTok uh, um, to post some of our stream highlights. Um, so there's one video out now. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for more, but that's at Digital Forest Media. That's our uh, classic handle. Um, I don't know why I said that, but that's us <laughs> on TikTok. You can catch us on Twitter at D Forest Media. Um, you know, we'll check us out on Facebook, Digital Forest. Uh, where where and can they... send us yeah. send us emails at digitalforestmedia at gmail Let us know what you want us to talk about. Yeah, we haven't done Get a... your own segment of nothing new. Exactly, we haven't done a nothing new in a minute, but we'll, we will be back with more. Um, so keep on sending us those suggestions. We love to hear it, and we love to uh, we love to please. Well, n- um, never mind. I don't. I'm not going to finish that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So. Let us know. What's the other one? Oh, twitch.tv slash digital right. force media. That's where you need to watch us on yes. Twitch. Yes, yes, Check us out. We have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun, and we love your suggestions in the chat as well. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah. That's what I got. Have a great week.